Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and in the episode you are about to listen to, Holly, who is my co-host from the Be Well Cartel podcast, joins me to dig into time management, which she is such an incredible wealth of knowledge on. And so in this episode, you're going to learn how time management or a lack thereof can affect your eating habits, how to start getting an idea of where you're really spending your time, and why it's so important to understand that time management is not just about checking more to-dos off of your list. You're also going to hear a little bit about my journey with time management and what it's done for me in my life. And time management is a big part of what you're going to learn in the Confident Eater group coaching program. Together, we're going to look at where you're currently spending time, how to prioritize so you're not spending a million hours thinking about food and where your next meal is coming from. And also, you're going to learn what is actually important to spend time on when it comes to your nutrition. So you can join the waitlist for The Confident Eater by going to bitesize.ck.page slash confident eater, or you can go through the link in the show notes for this episode. You are also, I 100% love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about how to work with me, or if you want to read some of my client testimonials about their experience, you can contact me through my updated website that I am so happy about at bitesize.es, and you'll be able to find client testimonials there. You'll find multiple ways to get in touch with me. And with that, I am going to let you just listen to this awesome episode with my good friend, Holly Priestland. Hi. And welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. This is a really exciting podcast episode because I so technically this is the first guest I have ever had on the podcast. And it also happens to be one of my like all-time favorite people. And we're going to talk about one of her all-time favorite things to talk about. So it's just a great, great experience. And so I'm going to let... Holly. So Holly, if you've heard the Be Well Cartel podcast, or if you are listening to this on the Be Well Cartel podcast feed, you know Holly. But if you're listening to this on the Bite Size Nutrition feed, you don't know Holly, or maybe you don't. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi. Hello, crew. Yeah. Who who am I? It's a very existential question. I co-present Be Well Cartel with Jillian and Olivia. I'm also an online coach. So I do nutrition and strength coaching and also have been for many, many years. And at the moment, I'm also doing uh, my master's in psychology and neuroscience. So there I'm focusing on eating behavior and health behavior change. And yeah, it's been super fun. And I'm really psyched to be here and talk to you guys about nerdy stuff, like managing your time and time blocking and all the nerdy things that I do on a day-to-day basis. I've been told it's very Virgo of me to be. Oh, um, so structured. I is don't it, know much about astrology. Is it Aries but... of me? Is it Aries of me to be like to have it be very different, like not natural for me? I suppose. I I, I would have no idea. All I know is that when people like some of my clients are super into it, and they'll be like, they'll be like, "Are you um, are you a Virgo?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, oh, everything makes sense." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> cool. oh, interesting." <laughs> it's funny because all people would be like. Be like, what star sign are you? I'll be like, I'm an Aries. They're like, that makes so much sense. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) So for for anyone listening, if you, so if you're, we're doing something kind of interesting here because we're sort of being very efficient with our podcast. So you might be listening to this over on Bite Size Nutrition. You might be listening to this 
over on Be Well Cartel. But time management is something that I think most of us struggle with to a certain extent. And that is either because you want to do things and you feel like you don't have time or because you're using the time that you do have on things that you don't nece- that don't necessarily lead you in a direction you want to go or that you know what what so many people feel is just like I don't know where time goes right like how yeah. often have you heard that yeah and I think a lot of this comes back to something you talk about all the time Jillian right which is mindfulness mm-hmm. and Although when you first start sort of time blocking and time structuring, uh, it might look or feel a little bit rigid, but what we're actually doing is starting to use our time more mindfully. And, and once we've got a structure in place, we get really flexible um, and, and mindful with it. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think it can help a lot. And especially if we're looking at things like trying to eat more mindfully or work more mindfully, like time blocking can help a lot with that. And I think for me, it was, so I talk a lot on, on my podcast about kind of the struggles that I've had and then how I went into kind of addressing a lot of these things. And for me, I was always sort of like organized chaos. I was that person that somehow got things done in a short amount of time, super procrastinator, brain all over the place. Um, And even up until the last couple of years with my business with Bite Size Nutrition, a lot of it was very much like hodgepodge together because what I used to do, and this is, it's actually kind of embarrassing for me to talk about now, but I think it's helpful because I think a lot of people are here at some point in their lives. Is like, I used to sit down in the beginning of the day and be like, huh, what do I need to do today? And then I would realize at the end of the day or the end of the week that I had just spent a ton of time on tasks that didn't actually move me in any direction. And so I would have all of these things created. Maybe they're like beautiful PDFs or like a, you know, a structure for an amazing challenge, but I would have no understanding of how that actually fit into running a business. And so I actually asked Holly for some help with time management because so basically Holly in my brain is like, I'm like this like crazy creative brain. And Holly is like, okay, cool. All that amazing creativity. Like let's figure out how to put that into structure. And it's absolutely brilliant for my life to have a Holly in it. And so, so yeah, I actually asked Holly, I, I, I worked with Holly on, she coached me on how to get better at managing my time because it was something that I could coach others on, but I wasn't able to actually hold up that mirror for myself and, and see, oh, these are the behaviors that I'm actually doing that are not letting me move in the direction I want to. And it has to do with time management. And so I think this is, again, another like, even if you feel like, oh, I quote unquote, know what I need to do, having a coach to hold up that mirror for you. And this wasn't like, like I paid Holly for her time. This wasn't like, hey friend, like do like I paid her for her time because I think that that's really important. And I think a lot of the time we're very resistant because I could have said, you know what? I'm an adult. I should know how to manage my time. But you know what? The fact was I didn't know. I think the should part of it is really important too, right? Because even when we would, even when we were working on it, Um, some of the stuff that came up for Jillian was around like courses she'd taken or stuff she'd read about time management. And she was like, well, well, I tried doing it the way that I'm quote unquote supposed to do. and It didn't work. So obviously I'm just a disaster and I'm not going to be an organized person. Um, Whereas once we started going like, okay, but like, what if we try some different ways that, that feel better for your brain? 
Jillian was actually like, oh, she's actually pretty, she's actually pretty organized. I'm going to find the way that for your creative brain sat well. And sometimes that means like trial and erroring stuff. Right. And I think when we have to do trial and error, that's where like having an external accountability uh, coach or group or friend or whatever can be really helpful because otherwise we'll trial something. And if the result is error, we go, well, doesn't work. Yeah. Bye. I'll go back to normal. Whereas if we have that external something, um, it can help us to go, okay, cool. I trialed, I errored, and now I'm going to trial something else that can give you that momentum to keep going until you find the way that does work for you. Um, and it might take a little while and that's okay. Same as nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that I want to make clear before, because Holly has this sort of like seven step process for getting better at time management. So we're going to go through that. So you have some actionable tips to actually understand, like, how do I want to do this? But I also want to tie this back to like, what does this actually mean for your nutrition? Because we were just talking right before we started recording. I just started this process with a client of mine who feels really overcommitted. Like she feels kind of overstretched and, and really struggling with like, I don't have time for myself. And that does affect our nutrition and it affects our nutrition in a lot of ways. It either means that we're making really impulsive decisions about what we eat. It means that we're not able to prioritize like cooking or grocery shopping, or even just throwing together meals. It means that maybe we're going really long periods of time without eating and getting really, really hungry. And then often that leads to overeating because we haven't eaten enough throughout the day. Um, and, and also, you know, as Holly mentioned earlier, and you guys know on this podcast, I talk about mindful eating all the time. If you haven't listened to, I think it's episode 11 that is all about mindful eating. And when it comes to mindful eating, time management is so incredibly helpful because if you don't feel like you have the time to actually sit down and eat a meal, it is going to be impossible for you to actually feel like you can be mindful during a meal. A hundred percent. And it's also one of the other things I would add onto that list, which is an awesome list, by the way, in terms of like why time management could be helpful for nutrition is that also if, if you're in that cycle of like never having time for yourself, sometimes what your nutrition ends up being is then like the outlet for yeah. like, oh, finally, like something for me. And then you end up eating in a way that you might not be super happy with in the same way that we have like revenge bedtime procrastination where sometimes people are like I have no time for myself during the day so I'm going to take it all back now and we'll stay up super late doom scrolling or whatever we can end up in the same situation with our food if that's our only outlet for like ah finally like decompress exactly and another thing that happens a lot is that we find that and, and this is the last episode of the Be Well Cartel that was about late night snacking. I think time management really fits well into that conversation because when we can, like the goal of time management is to just to be very clear, the goal of time management is not to force you to be more productive. And, oh, and that- so, so glad you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, and this is, this is actually something that I had to learn and am still learning and actually just had a conversation to do with this with my therapist this morning, like the goal of time management is not to turn you into some productivity machine. It is to let you manage your time in a way that aligns with the type of person that you want to be. That may be for some people that may be being more productive for others. It's just being more efficient with their productivity so that they can actually step away from their computer at a decent time during the day. For others, it means making time for self-care, making time to spend time with the people they care about. And so this, this podcast is not about making you like a better 
pr- more product productive like employee. Oh, uh, so good, Jillian. And to be honest, one of the I mean, I've always been a bit of a time management person. It's kind of my personality style. But one of the reasons I started doing it more was to force myself to rest because I was the person that would be yeah, very structured with my calendar, but it would be like, you know, we were coaching as well, right? I coached morning class. It'd be like a 5 a.m. till 8 p.m. Like, here's what I'm doing throughout the day and then sleep, you know? And so when I first started trying to experiment with time management, it was because I was like, I need to block in time for nothing. Like I had to, I had to put time blocks into my calendar that just said nothing so that I wouldn't do anything in that time. Um, so yeah, like the purpose of you starting to look at different ways of managing your time. Yeah, totally. does not have to be about productivity at all. Completely. And for me, who is like, I feel very, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be productive And for me, a lot of it had to do with, I noticed before I started working on this with Holly, I was working seven days a week and Mm -hmm. I didn't have like a shutoff time. And so for me, it helped with my productivity so that now I know that I'm getting what I need to do done throughout the day. And so that I can at the end of the day, not be working or, or Saturday and Sunday, not be working. And so it actually, and this is where Holly says all the time, like structure brings freedom. And it's so true because having that little bit of structure. And for me, freedom is one of my values. And Mm. so for me, time management did at the beginning, the way that I thought about it was like, it's very, it, it, it doesn't feel free, but it actually makes me feel so much freer because yeah, well, we're going to go into this. I think we'll understand like when we get to like the skeleton and specific stuff, I think it'll make a little bit more sense, but yeah. So Holly, do we want to hop in? This is like going to be a big actionable tips episode here. So yeah, and we're going to, we're going to probably move fairly swiftly through the first few steps. Um, and I'm, I'm not like beholden to like a seven step thing. Yeah. It's just like how I thought through it um, as we were thinking about it. And the first few steps, I think we've got some podcasts, you've got some and Be Well Cartel has some that kind of covers them. So we're going to throw some resources and episodes in the show notes for those steps. Um, or if you're working with Julian or I already, then you might have done some of them. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I basically like, like I've got a step zero, which is maybe a bit annoying, but step zero is basically that we do need some knowledge of like, why the hell do we care about managing our time in the first place? Right. Like what core, va- what are our core values and what are our priorities? And so Jillian, great example, right? So one of Jillian's core values was freedom and she was feeling like she didn't really have any freedom from her business um because she was yeah working working seven days a week and it felt quite quite chaotic and therefore was taking up a lot of headspace for her yeah and then one of your priorities was basically being able to take the weekends right you were like I want to have weekends um and I'm guessing there were probably some some core value related reasons for wanting to make that priority as well right yeah yeah because one of my other core values is connection and I was isolating myself. So when it got really, really bad, I was actually isolating myself from other people because I felt this like incredible pressure to do more, do more, do more, but I didn't have an, a way of structuring it so that I could say, Hey, I did enough. And now I can invest time in connecting with these other people in my life. Right. And this is a great example of why we care about core values, right? Cause then we can go, Oh, this matters to me because like my core, core values of freedom and connection are both being really challenged by what I'm doing at the moment. Um, and then, you know, priorities we talked about in specifics and we'll get into it a little bit more later. 
Um, but in terms of core values, if you don't already know yours or if you want like to do a little bit of a refresh on them. I know Jillian's got a really cool um, like Google form yeah. uh, exercise that so, you can run through. What anybody and the, so anyone that is signed up for my email list every week when I send out the email with the, the new podcast episode, I also send all of the downloads for the most recent podcast episodes. So if you are on my email list and I'll make sure to put the link in there, then you'll get an email that has like, I'll chat to you about something. And then at the bottom, you'll get the link so that you can fill in this exercise and get the results emailed to you. So you can actually work through an exercise to understand what are my core values? What are my goals? And then, and then also I have on there, like, what are the specific actions that are going to take me closer to those goals? Fantastic. Right. And, and hopefully one of those actions is like time management. And then we're like, sweet. Okay. We're feeding straight into the the next step. So then the second thing we need to know is like, what do, what am I actually trying to achieve with my time management? So Jillian had this really clear goal of, you know, I want to be able to take time on the weekends and you want to be able to travel more. Um, So you had very clear goals that you wanted to come out of that. For some people, it might be, I want to be able to sit down and make time for meals. I want to uh, reduce overeating in the evening, um, anything, right? So we can, you got to have an outcome that you want to get from that. I want to uh, be able to make more time for self-care, whatever it is. So that would be like step one. Like, what are we trying to do with your time management? Why, you know, what specifically? After that, we've got your core values. We know why you care about it. We've got some of your priorities in place. We understand what you want to get out of managing your time. Now we need to find out like, what are you doing with your time right now? Um, and this can be uh, like, kind of like when we first start nutrition and we're, we're working out like, how does, how do I want to track my food? And there's a lot of different ways we can do that. It can be a little bit annoying to kind of get that sort of thing started. And there's a lot of different ways to track your time, but we're basically trying to do like a time audit is how I think of it. Like, what are you doing now? So that we can work out where are the areas that we could adjust or optimize or change and personally for a lot of people I find there's an app called toggle t-o-g-g-l that you can use on desktop or on your phone as an app and there's a free version of it and I I still use that every now and again to like re-refresh my time stuff that can be really helpful for time audit lets you tag stuff with colors and things which is great and yeah. for other people, we use Excel sheets. So I think for you, Julian, you preferred using yeah. an Excel or your or your, even your calendar, right? You did. A lot yeah, of- I I honestly like what I wanted to say on that is I had a lot of resistance to mm. tracking my time, and so I the reason why I find this important is because this has come up with me with clients before, and this is and you know we we sometimes have clients that are resistant to tracking their food even though they want to change their nutrition. We have and and personally, I was really resistant to tracking my time. And part of that was because for me, it felt like, oh my gosh, I'm already like distracted all day long, like doing a million different things. Now I have to do this other thing as well. And so for me, it was like trying to remember to do that just felt like a really big, um, a big effort. And one, one way to do this, that can be really helpful, especially if you're someone that tends to work on the computer during the day is look at your browser history is like, you can actually reflect back on the end of the day where there were some days that. I remembered to go through and do in, you know, 15 or 30 minute increments, but some days I didn't remember. And so you can actually go back and get a decent idea of where you're spending your time um, that way. Yeah. And even if you're, even if you're good, like, okay, I'm just going to track my time for one to three days. Yeah. Sweet. Like start with that 
because that'll already give you a lot of clues as to uh, what's going on. And you're basically just trying to get your brain thinking differently about how you're using your time. That's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've, we've tracked your time. That's our second step. Once you've tracked your time, you should have an idea of the main tasks that are coming up repeatedly for you. There's always going to be some random shit. Um, we can't always account for that. We just kind of have to like leave some time for random crap to come up. But on the whole, you'll have an idea of, okay, most of my time is being spent on X, Y, Z. And you can decide how granular you want to get with it, right? So for Jillian, we got really granular with specific kinds of tasks she was doing at work rather than work um, because she wanted to, you know, optimize how she was arranging her work day. Once we, yeah, and once we know that, we can kind of group stuff into categories, right? Exactly. And I think if you're someone that isn't necessarily worried about your work stuff, like if you know, hey, I got to be at work from nine to five, and you're like, I, that time isn't mine anyways, whatever. You don't need to focus on that. Like, but maybe if like Holly said, maybe what you want to achieve is you want more time for self-care or you want more time to spend with your partner, or you want to have more time to cook or whatever it is, what, whatever that is. Maybe the time that you're tracking is like, Hey, I know that I leave work at this time. So I'm tracking what I'm doing from the time I leave work until the time I go to bed or from the time I wake up until the time I go to work. So understand that this is flexible. Like if you're an entrepreneur, then yeah, it might make sense to track every single thing you're doing in the day, but for you, it may not be. Yeah, totally. So again, we, we need to be flexible with this based on the person. Like that's why we need to know what are you trying to optimize with this or what are you trying to change with this? Because if you're trying to look at like evening and morning routine stuff, tracking your work day doesn't necessarily like give you a huge yeah. amount of extra data unless we're seeing things like skipping lunch and all that kind of thing. And you're trying to build in some like mindful eating practices during the day. Okay, cool. Then maybe we want it. Right. Um, so yeah, we group tasks into, into general categories so you can kind of see. So if you're tracking home stuff, it might be like, uh, you know, um, household tasks, prepping food, uh, eating meals, watching TV, scrolling, uh, talking to friends or family, spending time with your partner or your dog or, whatever it is, um, group them in. So you can kind of see, okay, cool. Overall on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, generally how much time am I spending on this stuff? And once we know how much time you're spending on it, then you can go, do I, do I want to be spending this much time on each of these categories? Um, and once you know that, you can decide, okay, are there categories where I could be spending less time? So for example, let's say you're finding that you're spending... 45 minutes every day on cooking dinner you might be like wow that adds up to like quite a lot of hours over the course of the week I don't actually want to be spending that much time on it and it's one of the things that's making me really resistant to like cooking dinner for myself is there a way that I can like reduce the amount of time I'm spending there and then you can focus your energy on that habit and I know that Jillian for example I'm going to keep bringing up Jillian because it's her podcast yeah that's totally um, fine does stuff like prepping uh, two dinners every time you cook dinner so then you know that, okay, cool. I've got food for this meal and a next meal. I have gotten okay, even so lazier time. I have gotten even my late, my like cooking laziness has like hit at all time. So the air fryer really took like everything to the next level because now it's like, <laughs> I don't even prep meals. I literally just set the timer on the air fryer and then like go do something else while my food is cooking. So if you want to spend less time cooking, just get an air fryer. Honestly, I also used to do that a lot with the slow cooker. Yeah. I'd like 
put stuff in the slow cooker in the morning. I'd go to the gym and coach. And then I'd come back and be like, hooray, dinner for the next five days is ready. Um, exactly. Uh, so yeah, but the, the point is like, once you know how much time you're spending on stuff and you identify the areas you want to spend less time on, um, then we can start to make room there. Or if you're looking at it and you're like, wow, I didn't realize I was spending like seven hours a week scrolling on my phone in the evening. I think seven would no, be conservative for a lot of people. For, yeah, for a lot of people, right? And, and then you're like, wow, why don't I have time for a, ho- a new hobby or um, meditation or like some other self-care habit? You can be like, oh, cool. Like maybe I can take some of that time out of, out of scrolling and put it into um, a, a new self-care habit. And obviously there's behavior change stuff in here, but luckily- um, Julian is pretty great at behavior change. So and you're okay. Literally in a master's for it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if you're working with either of us, hopefully you'll be okay in terms of behavior change stuff, but it's working out where can we, where can we make the time or where do we want to change some time so that we can start doing that. Um, so once we've got that, we can set some time, some time like goals. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I put goals in quotation marks because it's not going to, it's not, gonna, it's not set. It's more like, let's try something out. What might work, right? Yeah. Like, what do I think might work? And uh, how would my desired behaviors or desired priorities fit into this new potential idea that I'm looking at? And I think the all or nothing mindset, we really need to be careful of that here because often mm. when I work, especially when I work with, on, with clients on things like an evening routine is often they'll be like, well, I'm, you know, right now I'm going to bed at midnight, but I really want to go to bed at 10. So starting this week, I'm going to go to bed at 10. And I'm like, that sounds like an incredible goal, but cutting two hours out of whatever it is you're doing in the night time right now, that might feel pretty drastic. And it, it may not be something that ends up being really long lasting. And so this is where we can understand this is what I'm doing right now. This is the goal and understand that the path from the current to the goal doesn't need to be in one jump. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's like, okay, you can have your ideal, your current schedule, your ideal schedule, and then we'll go, all right, like what's the interim that I'm gonna start playing around with? And you get to keep tweaking it over time. This is like, you know, it's part of this self-improvement quest that we're all on. Like you get to keep working on it. Um, so we've got that. We've got like the kind of possible version of your time schedule that we might try out, right? And the next step that we usually do is it's going to really help if you have some kind of calendar system. Um, otherwise, this is always going to be a little bit tricky. It doesn't have to be electronic. It might be a paper calendar. Um, which could be a, a sheet, it could be in a notebook, whatever. Both Jillian and I use like a Google Calendar or an iCal or whatever, which um, personally I find really helpful because I can I like color coding things. So I color, color code coding stuff changed and, my life. Oh, yeah. So so what we did for Jillian, for example, is we and for my, I do this for myself too, but like assign a color to each category of tasks you're going to do. So that when you put it into your calendar, your calendar looks nice. Because honestly, you're going to spend more time looking at it if it's visually pleasing. So if you if you hate colors, then fine, like do it all in one. But if you're, you're colorblind, a visual person, maybe you can yeah. try like shades of gray. Um, so yeah, so then we, we put it into a calendar. So we're going to open up your calendar. We're going to open up a week on your calendar. And we're going to input the tasks that come up repeatedly for you into that calendar in a way that you think will feel good for you next week 
um, or the week after, whenever you want to try this out. And we're going to put in the, the blocks. And if you do want to color code this, depending on the calendar you're using, you can work it out. But so I just create a different calendar for each kind of task, like work, work admin, uh, client facing tasks, uh, home stuff. And that way I can untick certain calendars if I just want to see one category of tasks. That's my personal um, preference. So yeah, we're going to put it in on your calendar, re repeating tasks. And by the way, if you're trying to work on stuff like mindful eating, put your meals into the I calendar. have my lunch blocked in my calendar. Like I have Same. a lunch block. And honestly, I can tell you that for my well-being, that block of time in my calendar for lunch has been a game changer because I no longer feel this pressure of like, I got to get back to work. I got to get back to work. I'm like, I know I have this block of time yeah. that I have already decided that I am not going to be working. If I then for some reason decide, oh, hey, today I'm going to actually work through my lunch, I can make that decision and that's okay. But I don't feel the pressure when I do take my lunch break, which for me has been a really amazing shift. And that is the same for me, Jillian, is that one of the reason I, reasons I find it so helpful to time block, even if at the beginning it is a little bit of effort, is because it allows you to compartmentalize your brain a bit better. And that allows you to be present in whatever task or set of tasks you're doing at that time right um so yeah I block in lunches I put it I have breakfast lunch blocked in there um because they sometimes come up both as part of my work day because I, I tend to start calls quite early I have walks blocked in there so I'm not thinking about like how am I going to fit some walks into my day and again if you don't work from home maybe you get plenty of steps in just you know walking around throughout your day but for us who work sitting at a computer and never, in theory, never have to leave our house, um, I find blocking walks in to be very helpful. That's a priority for me. Also, uh, just get yeah, whatever a dog. comes up. Like, like <laughs> if you're struggling with getting steps in, get a dog. Sorry, <laughs> I'm biased. Yes, and so and I, to be honest, like that's come up for me with clients. Who are like, should I adopt a dog? And I'm like, no. Like, don't yes. adopt a dog to get. Yes, adopt but, a dog. <laughs> but I'm like, don't adopt a dog to get steps like yeah, adopt a dog to adopt a dog and then accidentally get steps as a side effect you know like 100 i want to make we want to make yeah. sure the dog's going to get their love adopt their love don't in. shop yes on that the most yes, beautiful thing exactly. in the world that's, sorry that's great sidetrack <laughs> okay so now you've got a calendar paper or digital or whatever it is and you've blocked in there the tasks that come up repeatedly for you and Potentially you've blocked in meals and some other self-care habits as part of that um, so that you're not wondering about when they're going to fit into your day. And now we're going to run the experiment. So the following week, you would go through a week trying to kind of fit your stuff into the skeleton plan that you've put in there. But whilst you're doing this, ideally still doing some time tracking to work out, okay, when I try and do this, what does it end up looking like? Do I actually stay like in these time blocks? Are they working for me? Or am I sometimes running over? Or do I need less time on some of these than I expected? Um, we're gathering some more data, you know? And at the end of that week, we can go back and we can look at my plan versus my reality. And we can tweak some stuff for the next week for your skeleton plan, right? And eventually you'll get to a point where your skeleton plan is pretty good it's unlikely you're ever going to have a week where it's exactly the skeleton plan, but we just want like sort of approximate thing that you can follow most of the time. And then we get into being specific. 
Yeah. I think a, a big thing here and a big learning for me was understanding that even though I have the plan, I don't need to follow it a hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that is, especially for those of you perfectionists out there, I know that there's lots of perfectionists that listen to the Bite Size Nutrition podcast. I know that there's lots of perfectionists that listen to the Be Wild Cartel. And one of the things that often happens is like, well, I have this perfect time blocked calendar, or I have this perfect to-do list, or I have this perfect set of, of things that I need to achieve. And if I don't do all of them, then I've done nothing. Or if I don't get all of it done or follow it perfectly, that I failed. And this, I like, I don't think that I'm that much of a perfectionist, but I ended up being very all or nothing about my calendar for a while. And here's the thing is that some days you're going to wake up and you're going to be tired and that early morning time blocked thing that you did, you're not going to want to do it. You're going to, you know, you're going to be about to start your period and you're going to be like, I don't want to do X, Y, Z task. And this is where we, we start to learn when we need to give ourselves grace. And if you notice, for example, because we know that there's a difference between, hey, like I don't have the capacity to do all these things today. And I don't want to do these things because I'm like rebelling against myself and I'm feeling a ton of resistance. And so this is where we can learn to, to start to understand ourselves better. I'm learning so much about myself as I'm doing this. And in the, I would say in the last month or two, I have been way more flexible with my calendar than I have since we created it. Now it's like a couple of years ago. And mm. it's actually been really helpful for me to feel like, hey, it's okay to change stuff around. Yes. And yeah, I, yeah, I think that was just a big learning for me. Yeah. And, and so ways that this can help on it, once we start going, I've got my general skeleton. Now, what do I do with it? Cause you're like, but, but a week is never exactly the skeleton. It's like, yes. Okay, cool. So once we've got the skeleton, then we can start going, all right, every Sunday or whatever day, I'm going to take a quick peek back at how my time looked last week. I'm going to take a quick peek forward at what I've got coming up next week. And I'm going to adjust some, some of these time blocks throughout the week. Maybe I'm going to move some to different days. I'm going to move some up and down. Maybe I'm going to delete some, you know, like if I've got my workouts blocked in there and I've got a really busy work week next week, instead of trying to cram in the four workouts that I had in my ideal skeleton calendar, I'm going to delete two because I already know that they're not really going to fit into my week. And then already mentally, I'm like prepping myself to be doing some compassionate stuff, right? And personally, for me, I then look at it each, I just look at my calendar each morning and move some time blocks around again if I need yeah. to. Um, and, you know, it doesn't it also doesn't have to be a, a weekly thing when it comes to your skeleton. So one of the things we worked out for Jillian was that planning in two week blocks for a skeleton worked way better than one week blocks because she had a lot of tasks that she preferred to do on a biweekly basis. Cool. That might be you as well. It doesn't have to be like all my weeks have to look the same. Uh, it might be a monthly thing for you where you're like last week of every month is going to be different and it's going to look like this or whatever and it if is. If you have a, a work schedule or if you have kids or like I know people or if you're in school, like this is going to change. And I also want to just point out that like this is one way to manage your time yeah. and you can take things from each one of these steps and figure out how they work for you. Like you don't, you don't absolutely have to use a calendar if you don't want to. But I think understanding that if you've listened to this podcast, one of your goals is like, hey, I'm not necessarily using my time in a way that supports the kind of person I want to be. And I want to use that time in a way that does support that kind of person. And so maybe what that looks like is simply becoming aware of, hey, I'm doing these tasks that actually aren't supportive. Cool. 
how do I act, just eliminate those tasks? Like sometimes we find ourselves doing things that we just don't need to do. Like I used to have a, a night, a nightly Netflix habit. Like that is something I just don't do anymore. And it's not because I'm not allowed to watch Netflix or because Netflix is bad. It's just simply like, I would rather use my time in a different way. Yes. And on the, you know, on the contrary for me, blocking in time for zoning out with a Netflix or a movie or a whatever it is was actually really helpful um, because it was something that when I was in my, you know, productivity obsession phase, I felt very uncomfortable making time for sitting on the couch and doing quote unquote nothing. Right. And so we can see how for different, this is why your personal uh, goals coming into this matter. We want to be like, okay, for, for me, what do I want to block in more time for? And what do I want to block in less time for? We, we need to know that going in. Um, so like Jillian said, it doesn't particularly matter how um, you do it, but at least at the beginning, we probably want to be tracking in some way. You might not use your calendar in as much detail as Jillian and I do forever, but I, I would say that having some kind of calendar, something, at least at the start, whilst you're doing this is pretty important and tracking your time in some way at the start of this is also going to be pretty important. And there are different ways to do it. So if you try the ways that we discussed, like if you try toggle and you're like, this was my idea of hell. Okay. There's going to be other ways to do it too. Um, but it's something that we also want to explore, like why is the resistance coming up for you there? Like Jillian did, uh, and find a way that might work better for you. Um, so that we can, cause we, we do need to get an idea of what are you doing at the start and what do you want to do? And then what are you doing once you start to make changes? Exactly. I think having, having an understanding of where we want to go can feel when you don't necessarily have a compassionate path, it can feel really overwhelming to have a goal and be like, I have to do all of these, these things to get me to that goal. But when we start to look at it as like, this is a way to support yourself, then the way we approach that goal changes a lot. So Holly, I think this is such a cool way to look at tracking your time. As we said, you can take pieces in, you can take pieces out of this and like use it in a way that best supports you. Um, if you want to follow Holly, so if you are not following Holly, it's at Holly Priestland. And I will link that in the show notes. If you're not following me, that would be strange because you're listening to my podcast. Um, <laughs> and you will find, as I mentioned before, if you want to get your hands on the values exercise, you will be able to download that if you are signed up for my email list. So that is bitesize.ck.page slash newsletter. And I'm also going to link that in the show notes so that you can get on it. Um, and you'll also get a bunch of other downloads from the other podcast episodes. And with that, my friends... Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Holly, for being here. And Thank you for having me. Yeah.